0: Let me kick the cat out of the room. Hold on. Well, don't hold on. Just keep going. Put your foot in that pussy. Jesus Christ, where'd you get a knife? Get out the knife and get that out of
1: the
0: room. That's what you gotta
2: do. He's trying way too hard. Yeah.
0: Uh, I ain't got no song.
2: I ain't got no... Hello. Goodbye.
0: <laughs> Superhero Time presents that one
2: episode of Star Trek. With Chris. I guess Captain Picard Day is coming twice this year. Hey, Mickey. I kind of want to get that stone and, like, you know, stick it up my
3: butt. So can like, music blasting out of my ass. <laughs> well, yeah. Listen new to cop. the song of my butt. Scott. Welcome to Deep Space Nine.
0: Ooh. And Fort Max.
4: I sound like an idiot in this.
0: Hello? Hello?
2: Did the cat FBR show off your laptop headache. again?
0: <laughs> Jumped on the keyboard. <clears throat> yes,
2: yeah, so it's almost a pity we won't have time to bring uh, Lord Taco on the show again. That's at Lord Taco on Twitter and Instagram.
3: <laughs> almost a pity, but not quite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, I mean... It I... is a pity we won't have Giga Beetle on again.
2: Well, yeah. But Giga Beetle doesn't care about Star Trek, though, does he?
3: No, he doesn't, and we don't care about Toku, so, you know...
2: Right. We do care about Giga Beetle, though. Yes. If we could just have, like, a Giga Beetle podcast.
3: Well, if he'd ever start eating the things we told him to again.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I think he cares too much about his own well being at this point.
0: I mean, I always kind of wanted to have Bock Cobb on just to let him complain about stuff. Oh,
2: I I would kill to have Bock Cobb on the show, but, I mean. Despite our best efforts, even I think at one point offering to buy him a headset to make it possible.
3: He's too mysterious.
0: <laughs> Seriously, I
2: don't. I don't think we would be able to get a headset small enough for a squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> no, we we've established this before. He's not a squirrel. He's a trench coat full of squirrels. Okay, but I. But we would still
4: have to find a headset small enough for a squirrel, and then buy a bunch of them.
2: Well, I assume I assume his head. I assume I assume his head consists of like a ski mask with a bunch of squirrels stuffed up in it. So it still takes basically the shape of a human head. It's just like we have a bunch of kids in a trench coat driving a car. Yeah, you got one squirrel on each
3: ear, and then one squirrel on the mouthpiece. Right. How do you drive a car?
0: It's not like any kind of car I've ever heard (laughs) of. I use the mouthpiece. I'm sure that you do. Are you sure your car isn't a manual? You just don't know
2: what you're doing? I was going to say, you should see how he shifts gears. Yeah. (laughs) Let
0: me just flex my kegels. I need to get my exhaust checked out. (laughs) (laughs) You. That's what Ben is for. Leave us out of this. I need to get a jack first. Oh shit! Needs to get jacked first.
3: Get rid of the spare tire. (laughs) Damn.
1: Hmm.
0: But you're okay with his bumper, right? I don't know what that means.
3: As long as he uses his wipers.
2: (laughs) (laughs) What if he just like installs a mud flap?
0: (laughs) <laughs> well, no, except the picture of the reclining naked lady on it.
2: <laughs> Did anybody see Star Wars?
0: Not yet. I'm going Wednesday, nope. so shut the fuck up.
2: That's okay. I wasn't going to just start like talking details about it. I was just curious if everybody went to see it.
3: Amazingly, yeah. I've not had it spoiled for me yet.
2: But what I have noticed is that. A lot of people don't like
3: it, which is it's very, divisive as hell. very unusual. So
2: what movie. I've basically been able to figure out is that Star Wars fans don't like this movie, but everybody else does. Because mm. I like this movie a lot, and I am very decidedly not a Star Wars fan. I'm someone who enjoys the original three movies, and that's about it. Star Wars
3: fans usually love every movie wholeheartedly until about five years after.
2: Well, this one's five years early. Uh, <laughs>
3: the exception was Rogue One, who a lot of Star Wars fans hated for no discernible reason, because it's fucking amazing. Yeah, I, I agree.
2: Which, that uh, may be the same I, effect at work that, you know, this movie's going through, too.
3: Um, And I've got a friend who fucking hates Star Wars, mm-hmm. and for some reason he went to go see Last Jedi, which surprised me, but he loved it.
0: Wait, so. what? Why do you have a friend that hates Star Wars?
3: Uh, this is Chuck. This is... Oh,
0: That's oh, what he does. I thought Chuck was cool.
3: Chuck is cool. <laughs> His name is Chuck. How can you deny this? Chuck was the one that showed me Troll, too, so that's how you know he's cool.
0: <laughs> I don't. I actually, he might just show that he's got really bad taste in movies.
2: That's one of Mickey's defining characteristics of cool. Yep.
0: Yeah, that's right. I forget. <laughs> you yep, right,
2: like, right, like the right quality of crap.
0: Yeah, it's gourmet crap, is what it is. I only just barely qualify. Well, I mean, I, I do like the, I do appreciate the fact that hey, Mickey uh, is a connoisseur of crap because he only likes the finest crap, not just your run-of-the-mill, run-of-the-mill, low-energy, low-effort
2: crap. No, he like likes Ant Man. Oh my God. <laughs> I couldn't be bothered to watch Ant-Man. For
1: eh, one thing I fine.
2: don't for one thing I don't give a shit about the character.
0: Yeah, like nobody does. Nobody goes, "Ant-Man's my favorite." Nope, nobody. Nobody. I couldn't
2: that. even be bothered to see Thor. And Thor is like arguably important.
0: Thor's good. I mean, especially the third one was just fucking amazing.
3: There's a third one
0: yeah and it was awesome you should I thought that was just
3: the first one and the one that came out a month or two ago right
0: (laughs) no yes I think you're right actually
2: (laughs) I'll allow it (laughs) no there's one thing about the Star Wars movie which is like this thematic overtone it takes which I don't know if it was intentional that they structured it that way I hope it was but like it's totally perfect when you realize what it is And just, in general, the movie's enjoyable. But I can't actually go into any detail about that 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 without spoiling aspects of the movie, so.
0: Right. Yeah. I've heard, though, the the, the comments I've heard have been, uh, oh, it it, it strays too far from from what Star Wars is, but people complain about how the, the... the last one was too close to A New Hope. Oh, it's too safe. It's too close to what Star Wars is. So now they've tried something new and different. Now people are bitching about that. That's kind oh. of how, how I've heard it summed up.
2: Well, it goes uh, to a larger pattern. It of... wasn't,
0: they're, they're complaining that it wasn't exactly the movie that
4: they wanted.
2: Well, no. Okay. So yes, yes, that's true. But the problem is, and this is a larger problem. It's not just confined to Star Wars. It's a problem yeah. with, with society in general. Nobody actually understands what they want.
1: Oh, that's so Um, true.
2: They only know that they want what they are – they know what they're getting is not what they want, but they cannot define what it is they want instead. Right.
3: This sounds like an an episode of O's.
2: Hmm? I mean, I guess it could have been. Yeah. I mean,
0: my thing is you can't recreate the first time you saw A New Hope.
2: That doesn't happen. They tried. I was going to say The Force Awakens tried. Well, yeah, The Force yeah, Awakens but, tried, but they, they tried, and I enjoyed them. what they did with that movie in a different way than I enjoyed this. I enjoyed that because, like, yeah, they're speaking to the part of me that enjoyed those original movies, and they're getting me back into the process here. That's, yeah, and, yeah. And now I'm glad that this next one isn't doing that same thing again
0: right because that's what i hoped after seeing force awakens was okay good they've established they they, they've established that they understand what star wars is they went back and kind of redid the new hope so now they can use that as a jump off point to do something kind of crazy and something new and something
2: different and that's what i'm hearing that they did so i'm thinking i'm gonna like it i hope you do uh otherwise i'm gonna have to think less of you as a person which is hard (laughs) at this point let me tell you to say yeah how's that even possible See, you're right about
3: The Force Awakens, because that's the most absolute Disney thing they could have done, is calculate the safest, most profitable path yes. to please as many people as possible, which is what disgusts me the most about The Force Awakens. Not that it's an incompetent movie,
2: right? but okay. that it's
3: so blatantly calculated to please Star Wars fans.
2: It's it's yeah. an incredible formulaic distillation. Yes. Um, go back to the prequels,
1: much we... are terrible
2: movies. <laughs> Uh, they're yeah.
3: they're a disaster. However, one thing you cannot criticize Lucas for is not
0: trying to do something new and different. You know, and this might be an unpopular opinion about the prequels. Yeah, they are pretty bad movies, uh, no doubt. But they, to me, even while I watch them, they still feel like Star Wars. I don't think they do. Really? Okay. See, the, to me, they—I know the, they're not the good s- movies, but they still feel like it. The sound and the feel, and the the, the direction and the costumes, and it, just something about them just so... feels. Two and
4: two and three have too much of a. Uh... This was shot entirely on a green screen.
2: Feel. Oh, sure, right, no, no yeah, there is that.
4: Um, Agreed. Uh, yeah, I at least episode one, and like shot entirely on a soundstage green screen, whereas on episode one at least has all these wide, wide
2: shots. Okay, so think about okay, think about the relation between the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy like this. So, you know, you've been going out this, with this woman for a few years, you're really into her. Something happens between the two of you and, you know, falls apart, you're having trouble moving on. So you go and find a hooker who has basically the same body shape, but the face doesn't quite match. So you put a bag over her head and write your ex's name on it. That's basically what the prequel trilogies are to the original.
0: Okay, you picked a metaphor that no Star Wars fan can possibly relate to. <laughs> I think George Lucas could relate to it. <laughs> Yes, no, you're right. No, I, mean, I
3: joke, but yes. It's, because it's... While it's, Without
2: his wife editing them,
3: uh, look what happened. Right.
2: I mean, it basically, it's a different movie series with Star Wars textures plastered over it, basically, is how I look at the prequel trilogy. Literally. <laughs> yeah, okay.
3: I give Lucas props for trying to do a new idea, do new things. And not try to rig do what he already did before, yet yeah, again. Uh, he, he, he
0: moved. Yeah, he he tried to move. Ironically, he he tried to move forward by telling a prequel. But yeah, that, I I absolutely see the intent. He expanded the universe. He tried to explain a few things. He, he you know he moved outward. He didn't stay uh, navel gazing. And of course, another
4: thing was on Lucas can't direct. No, he can't. No. no. Thirty well, years he can't ago, edit. he couldn't direct. He couldn't direct thirty years ago either. Guess what? He wasn't directing then. Yeah, this is why you hire a
2: director.
3: Lucas needs someone to to rein him in, basically, someone to say no, and he did not have that in the prequels. He, yeah, he's nope.
2: like Sakamoto in a way. Yeah, or in a way, in a way.
3: But uh, Rogue One is the only Star Wars movie I think that feels like the original trilogy. It has the same earthy grittiness to it. It
1: mm-hmm. feels like
3: it's based in a real universe. Yeah.
2: And maybe over Christmas I'll see it when, you know, there's nothing on TV and nothing to do because everything's closed except for the red boxes.
0: Have you not seen Rogue One yet? No. Oh, okay. It's really it's really pretty excellent. I mean, it is to me, it is a – I want to see so many more of these things. I want to see more stories set in the Star Wars universe – they don't have anything to do with the Skywalkers or any of that fucking galaxy-saving bullshit. It, it, the Star Wars universe is so amazing for telling stories. They, and, and do this. Take take a – just bubble fuck off somewhere else and tell me a story about somebody. I don't care. Just some bounty hunter you made up. I don't care. The universe is so awesome. You, have, you can tell so many stories. Just do it. Do you want a story I want to hear told?
2: Civil Defense?
3: IG, IG88? How, well, no. Wait, so I want to hear the story of how the William Falcon uh, flew to Bespin from the Hoth system without a hyperdrive. Slowly? <laughs> <laughs> That's mean... a really good story to tell. <laughs> well, okay, so when, when did it not
0: have a, a hyperdrive? Okay,
3: remember when, In Empire Strikes Back, when they left Hoth, and they uh-huh. couldn't escape from the Imperials because the hyperdrive was broken? So they flew through the asteroid field, hit out in the back of the Star Destroyer, and flew to the garbage. Uh-huh. And then they found Bespin. Lando's there. We'll fly to Bespin. I assume they repaired it. No, they were flying to Bespin to get Lando to repair the hyperdrive. They had no functioning hyperdrive.
0: Oh my! They God. flew to
3: another star system on sublight speed.
2: Maybe they modulated the deflector dish.
0: <laughs> an inverse tachyon beam. Yeah. chronotons
2: Nano machine, son.
4: <laughs> How long were they on that star destroyer?
0: Was the Star Destroyer going to Bespin? Oh my God, that's got to be the answer. No, seriously, that's got to be it, right? to <laughs> come to the Bespin system, and they could do it like inside the system. They can move at sublight; that's no problem.
2: See, what happened was they accelerated the sublight to near light speed, so the time dilation made it so it only took a little while from their perspective, but outside, <laughs> actually, four hundred and fifty years passed. Right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And if they drop out of they drop out of you know that that almost that relativistic speed, yeah. but because Star Wars technology never really changes, they couldn't tell a difference. Right, because you can have the same technology for literally six thousand years with with only okay. aesthetic changes.
2: Well, I mean, I once heard, like, part of the background information of the hyperdrive tech in Star Wars is nobody actually understands the science behind it. They just know that when you put this set of parts together in this configuration, a hyperdrive is made.
0: Oh, my God. That's, so <laughs> alarming.
2: That, that's how southern people think
0: <laughs> babies are made. Yeah. They don't really understand it, but they just know if they do this and this, something happens. <laughs> and it could be with anybody, your sister, your cousin, doesn't matter. <laughs> uh.
2: so this week on that one episode of star wars <laughs> oh, i'm sorry no uh that one episode of star trek it's our penultimate episode which, penultimate yeah scott was so enamored with that word in the pre-show i just had to throw it in there it's our ultimate pen i mean he's right in one it's like four colors on the top he's right oh, in one sense in the life of a podcast you only get one penultimate episode so you might as well play it up Oh, yeah.
0: I'm not going to pencil this one in. I'm going to pin it in.
2: Ultimately, yes. Yes. So, this week, we don't have an episode of The Orville, because its uh, it. its season is over with. And Discovery is still on hiatus, so we don't have that either.
0: So, life is basically meaningless, is what you're telling me.
2: Well, it's no more meaningless than when we had Orville last week. <laughs> Finale
0: was awesome. Screw you. Life has never had meaning. Such a nihilist.
2: Well, there was this one time I had this really good steak. Yeah.
0: yeah. Your dad microwave it.
2: No, he only does that with the hamburgers.
0: Was it? Were you using fresh ketchup, or was it like you know room
2: temperature? I don't think Scott's ketchup. even heard that story. Have you heard about the uh, <laughs> microwaved hamburgers?
0: <laughs> no. Okay. So <laughs> do we need? Do we need to call like like like?
2: Child services or something
0: <laughs> to get you out of there?
2: Well, let's see. I'm almost 34, so it might be a little late for that. Yes. <laughs> uh, no, so my dad's never been, you know, one for, like, cooking much. He can, he can, you know, cook enough to feed himself and me when necessary when I was younger. But, like, that's Good never right? really been his thing, so typically, instead of, like, getting out a frying pan and everything and cooking hamburgers, that way, when he wants to have hamburgers, he will buy a package of meat and form the patties. He'll put the raw patties on a plate, and he'll stick it in the microwave for about 12 minutes.
0: Oh my God.
2: So, when it comes out, it's obviously all, you know, gray instead of brown, because it's just a microwave and it's just steaming the meat. And in between the patties, there's this puddle of viscous gray gel from all the, you know... (laughs) Uh, fluids that have emitted from the meat and congealed through the process of cooking. So uh, it's basically a situation where, you know, when you take it out, you then have to take a knife and kind of just trim around the edge of the, the hamburgers to uh, free them from the, the surrounding material. And yeah, when he wants to make hamburgers, that's typically what he does.
3: No, you know, I've correctly, <clears throat> you said that for the longest time you didn't like hamburgers because you thought that's
0: what they were.
2: I don't remember if I ever said that because I've been eating hamburgers as long as I can remember.
0: Okay. Well, no, that's why I feel about pork chops because the way my mom used to make pork chops when I was a kid, they were gray, overly peppered, and fibrous. They were so overcooked they would oh. like crackle. When you, when you pull them open. And I went to a friend's house one time. It may have been, hey, Mickey's house. And they're like all juicy delicious. It was absolutely out. not because my mom overcooked the shit out of pork chops. <laughs> okay. So it's <laughs> in a friend's house and it was like, it was all juicy and delicious and everything. I'm like, what is this? Like, this is a pork chop. Because you know, they said they we're having pork chops for dinner. I'm like, oh, no, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'll, I'll just starve. And <laughs> then they pull them out and I'm like, these are amazing. What are these? These are like, these are pork chops.
2: Have you never <laughs> seen one before? I'm like, not like this. Um, 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 <laughs> yeah, you pointed <laughs> to a paintbrush and said, that's a pork chop, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, I mean, there could have been something else I said that I th- thought I didn't like for the longest time because I saw somebody else make it so badly, but I don't think it was over the hamburgers because I always knew what he was doing was incorrect. <laughs> ah. Like I had at least that much sense about food even before I started learning to cook for myself. Ick. Yeah, no kidding. Of course, then there was also the five-year-old frozen pizza incident, but that was entirely my own fault.
3: (laughs) Oh, Scott knows all
0: about making pizza poorly.
2: (laughs) Oh, do you? So apparently,
0: yeah, apparently you have to preheat the oven. No,
2: that's otherwise.
0: yeah, because if you just put the frozen pizza in and let it warm up naturally, it just kind of melts into goo, and it looks like a a, a atomic explosion frozen in time because the middle falls out and then the rest of it stays up on the rack.
2: Well, see what you need to do there is actually put a pizza pan under it. No, no, no. You make it makes the uh, crust crispier. You know, if you uh just put it right on the
0: rack. I you use a pizza pan. It. I don't
2: have a problem with a crispy crust.
3: Yeah, yeah. That's because you're five years old. Uh,
2: <laughs> yeah, I guess, dry, I, guess, I guess dry aged pizza would have some advantages in that, wouldn't it? <laughs> I like my pizza. Like, I like my steak. Slightly aged <laughs> for five years. Like, my pizza like likes his girls. Oh, ho! <laughs> I have yes. to edit that out.
0: <laughs> Saucy and covered in sausage?
2: No, slightly Painful aged. Oh okay, <laughs> that's just, uh, yeah. <clears throat> I had to add that out, but that was worth it anyway. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we thought it was funny.
2: Look, there, there's this, and there's the next episode left. I'm kind of running out of opportunities to do that if I want to. So
0: <laughs> that's true. I mean, I, I
2: can't. So what to... are
4: you going to do on the last episode? Leave it in. Good question. Because what's you... going to do? Cancel, Cancel the podcast?
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what you got to do? Take my podcast away from me? <laughs> worse he'll make you keep doing it Oh shit.
2: <sighs> you know we did our uh, year in review episode of rfc over the weekend took about three hours
3: that sounds dreadful
2: yeah Four. yeah
3: we're not doing one of
2: those are we no sweet christ thank god <laughs> what would our year in review even be
3: Trying to remember what the fuck we did this year. Right.
2: <laughs> Let's see, you drank. Complained. Scott got married.
0: Oh, we got Damar.
2: Yeah, yeah. And Fort Max worked overtime. And apparently I got even younger. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. Well, you got a new birth certificate, right? So that, yeah. that resets your age. Yes. So, you know, you're zero right now. Oh my god! <laughs> How many months ago was that? Uh, four, five? Yeah, so you're five. Know. You're five months old.
3: Does the new birth certificate reset your height too? Like, can you still go on roller coasters? <laughs> <laughs>
2: or do you have to like grow up again? <laughs> Did they have to take a new footprint to put on the birth certificate? It, yeah, it, the same.
4: Never had one, uh, never had a footprint on there in the first place. Oh, okay. Do
0: you have the same fingerprints, or they change those (laughs) (laughs) to...
3: File them down and carve in new ones. Right.
4: (laughs) All right, get the Dremel.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Just...
0: Is it I safe? Like, so like Ken. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Let's all take a moment to imagine Ken getting dental work.
0: <laughs> yeah, the dentist will tell him to stop making that high-pitched, whining, irritating noise. <laughs> I'm used to hearing a drill, but goddamn, shut up! <laughs> You know, we're
3: running out of time, so we really need to take this opportunity to be as hateful towards all of our cast members <laughs> yes. as much as
2: possible. Uh, wow, that paladin, he sure lives in Detroit. He certainly does. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> See, I would say we make fun of our listeners,
2: but he was
0: already on the podcast, so...
2: Well, there's always Engineer Nerd, and we could make him feel bad by just reiterating how he's not ever going to be on the podcast. <laughs>
3: It'll make Don feel bad by saying we're never going to do Darmok.
2: I think he's come to accept that. Well, he should. We're on the penultimate episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and he knows full Don't well our down. last episode's going to be Voyager. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, that's what we can do. We can just keep reiterating that our last episode, which is Voyager, is not going to be the Bride of Chaotica, which is apparently his favorite Voyager episode. Because apparently it's possible to have a favorite Voyager episode. <laughs> I didn't ever well, know that's... this to be true before. Well, there are there are several Doctor episodes to choose from,
4: but there's still Voyager episodes. Drew. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's
3: one where Cass comes back in a meth rage.
4: <laughs> oh, there there is that one Next Generation episode of Voyager.
0: Well, there's that one oh, Next yeah, ge-
2: the, that, that with Barclay. There, yeah, there's that one Next Generation episode of Enterprise, too. Ha 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 ha. Die. <laughs> I didn't write it.
0: <laughs> God, that episode. Yeah. yeah. Alrighty. So who's driving this garbage scale? I will
2: say uh, Kes's Meth Rage is probably my favorite Voyager episode that we podcasted about, but that's just because of the podcast.
3: I think Tuvix was pretty fun to podcast about, too.
2: In a completely, <laughs> so in a
3: completely different
0: way, Yeah. <laughs> Well, because we could, there's nothing funny about it. We it all, it all filled us with such mortal dread. We couldn't even handle it.
2: Oh, and then you know, Neelix wanting to commit suicide because he had already died—that was pretty good too.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah.
3: Neelix learns there's no god. <laughs>
2: <know>. Roll credits. <laughs> <laughs> so there I think Michi. I think what we're learning here <clears throat> is that the only time we enjoy Voyager is when we can make fun of an existential crisis going on as part of the plot that basically just goes and doesn't actually get, like, resolved in any real way.
3: Like, sure. they, actually, they just... the th- go ahead. the common thing of all three of these episodes is that something shitty centered around Neelix's life.
2: <laughs> yeah, basically. I mean, Neelix had very little part in the Kess episode, it's just Kess was part of Neelix's life for the first two seasons, so. Yes. I mean, that's stretching it a little bit. That's what Nelix did to Cass. Well, what do you want? She was only one. Oh <laughs> my <God>.
3: He's hung a <laughs> <at
2: Galaxian>, though.
0: <laughs> I, I, I don't I don't I don't know what that means.
3: I was gonna imagine that they have like, you know, one penis, they've got like udders. Oh, yeah, yeah, like a bunch of short, stubby ones. Yeah, like like six <clears> nipple-sized <throat> penises all on a grid. Are they connected to the spinal column in uh,
4: multiple <laughs> places, like the lungs? Yes, they are. <laughs>
3: that's how air gets into them. I can't live without my penis udders.
0: Putters. <laughs> Putters? <laughs> so the, the, the second one from the bottom, that's my penultimate putter. <laughs> <laughs> Mini
2: golf, Neelix. <laughs> I could see him he... to set up a, a miniature golf course on the ship, too. He's
0: only got a half of them circumcised, though. So, eh. one parent was Jewish; the other one wasn't.
2: Well, variety he would just is the spice. Wife, of of
3: personal
0: quarters into it.
1: <laughs> oh fuck.
2: So, our episode <laughs> this week is Deep Space Nine Season 3 Civil Defense.
0: Nothing civil about it, this bullshit.
2: Uh, Mickey, how's your headache doing? I'm still here. Okay, Scott, looks like you're driving. Woohoo! All right!
0: Penultimate episode. Here we go. There's a whole episode about them converting <laughs> ore refining into deuterium refining. Hooray! An engineering episode. With Potato Boy. Yeah, so
3: why is Jake down here in like the guts of the station helping O'Brien? Oh my
2: God! Ben had the idea that you know Jake just needed to like get some good hard Starfleet work in him to want to finally go to the academy and become a Starfleet officer, like you know a good member of the family. As so, opposed
0: to a journalist, which will never have to do this kind of manual bullshit.
2: So, uh, he's been forcing Jake to perform <clears throat> slave labor under O'Brien's supervision for the last several months. This is uh, the only time it actually appears in the show after it's mentioned for the first time in season two, I think.
0: I can just imagine O'Brien just going up to Cisco at some point and going, Did I piss you off at some point? <laughs> <laughs> Are you mad at me? <laughs> No, see, here's, here's the thing. You... O'Brien
2: seems to actually like Jake. Which, I mean, Jake grows up to be a pretty cool guy. Uh, yeah. And, you know, O'Brien I... seems pretty chill enough with people in general that he could probably deal with a teenager. That's not his own. Even Jake as a kid was never really irritating.
0: I, I have to agree. It's a pretty amazing feat.
2: Yeah, I mean, most of the time he just wasn't even there.
0: Right. It was the best way for kids to not be annoying. <laughs>
2: Yes, they should be seen and not heard and preferably not seen. Exactly.
0: <laughs> so, I love how the, uh, at least on Netflix, the uh, the episode synopsis uh, puts the blame of this entire episode squarely on Jake's shoulders. Uh, and Jake accidentally activates an automated Cardassian security program. So, it's all pretty much his fault.
2: I, well, I mean, he finds the program, but I think it's O'Brien that actually sets it off.
0: I'm just mm-hmm. saying what Netflix is. Yeah, no, I right. so, yeah, I know. I'm <laughs> so, we So we open up, uh, we're in the bowels of Terok Nor, uh, which is its real name, Fight Me. Uh, And O'Brien and Jake are down here doing something with this giant, not at all penis-looking machine. I mean, it's like a Giger painting. Look at this thing.
2: That's that's just a dump shoot. (laughs) He
0: said shoot. That's what
3: Luke falls out of to hang underneath at the station. Yeah, they find a
0: hand the hell is this <laughs> um all right so yeah jake is down here and they're like trying to they're just trying to convert this old ore refinery because Terek nor used Jordan slave labor to uh process this iridium ore or something into fuel or whatever i don't know uh so they're trying to convert this stuff into a uh, deuterium refining for starships so they're down here just kind of working away and then cisco creepily as a motherfucker comes gliding in like a vampire under lit going hello boys <laughs> Is it time to dine? And they're like, oh, hi, Dad. We forgot what time it was. And then Jake says, yeah, whatever. So they're trying to go in and reformat the hard drives and put in a new. Oh, op- and helpfully yeah.
4: mentioned that it would get as hot as 50 degrees Celsius in there.
0: Yeah, how did they survive? Oh, well, a lot of them didn't. Uh, yeah, so they really put how like terrible the Cardassians were to the Bajorans. That's a, a theme that they really stuck to in this episode, which I kind of like, actually, for storytelling. To be fair, the Bajorans
3: didn't work very hard, and they're always trying to revolt. So, you know, they kind of had it coming.
2: Well, Bajorans are pretty. So revolting. So you're representing the Bok Cobb point of view tonight, Mickey? <laughs> sure. Because <laughs> every time I bring up Deep Space Nine on Twitter, he's responding with something like, Oh, the Bajorans had it coming, or they deserved what they got. <laughs> Ducat did nothing wrong. That kind of stuff. <laughs> right. Except you have to imagine that, like I don't think I can do a good Bob Cobb impression. You have to imagine it more like the uh, chattering of squirrels.
0: Yeah. All right. So they're trying to like put a new operating system on because the uh, you know trying to upgrade to Windows ninety five. I guess. So there's this file that can't delete. Uh it doesn't look like a file name or an extension or anything. So Brian goes, "Well, this is a mysterious." File on an alien station. I know. I'll put it to the main database and see what happens. Good I'll drop it the recycle bin.
2: Good job, O'Brien. Yeah, O'Brien's—you know—the the brilliant engineer who gets the Nigerian spam put, email and opens I'll it. Put, yep. I'll put it in the production database.
0: That's exactly
2: right. <laughs> I don't know what this is, so
0: I'll move it to someplace very sensitive. Great. So it immediately turns on a station or a room lockdown. Going. uh, Hey, there's a worker revolt in progress in ore processing unit 5, and this broadcasts over the entire station. Which I like to imagine there's like a couple somewhere in the habitat ring making whoopee, and that's what they get interrupted by.
2: Golducott's voice.
4: Yes, but suddenly, uh, and for no apparent reason, whoopee's it sets... over on
2: the Enterprise.
4: <laughs> God,
2: shut up, Fortnite. Well, no, no, no Fortnite, that's why they're making another Whoopee. <laughs> But I have to imagine, like, too, if that's the case, for some unexplained reason, the dude gets set off by the sound of Golducott's voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> He's just like a self-hating Majoran or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, oh, we're just lazy slaves. Ah. All right, so it's fantastically these little CRT monitors uh, kind of just appear, uh, and Golducott, and just, he's such a fucking fantastic character, because even, like, not even on set, he is like more interesting than any of the other characters. So he starts talking about like, you're valuable workers and we wish you no harm, but put down uh, you know, stop revolting and we won't harm you. And he keeps saying stuff like, like, don't you're forcing me to take action. And just that that amazing Cardassian way of the way they twist words. He's just yes. a master of it. I just love the way they do yes, that. Yes, this is
2: pre-recorded, Gold Ducat. Mm-hmm.
0: Can, Can Ducat. <laughs> <laughs>
2: It just needs, like, a bed of elevator music.
0: <laughs> yeah, like weather channel music or something?
2: Yeah, yeah. Doo doo. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. So even on the screen, gold decadus still makes your spine shiver. All right, so they're down the ore processing unit, and O'Brien, being the engineer with a full tool set, can't figure out how to open up a goddamn door.
2: That's magnetically sealed.
0: Oh, God. What do we do, then?
2: I mean, he can't overcome magnets. Nobody knows how those work. <laughs> Even the 24th century.
4: still a mystery. No, it's still a miracle.
3: Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too good. I well, was trying to remember there was an awful lot of casualties that day. <sighs> God. Perhaps if they inverted polarities. Yeah.
1: But
2: he I looked his a Polaron tech- Inverter in Ops.
0: What an idiot. <laughs> All right, so even an ops get this message, and they realize that something's up. So it's like a repeating message, and they're like, "Oh, uh, the station, the station thinks that the uh, the there's a there's a slave revolt going, so it starts locking down systems. So it's waiting for us to put an emergency code to end it. Did anybody have that code laying around? It's like, no. <laughs> Why would we? And of course, Kira's like, yeah, they never bothered to give us that code when they left.
2: <laughs> they didn't even tell us how to log onto the Wi-Fi. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Dicks. So apparently Odo, who I, I forgot at this point, who was actually the uh, security person or the constable back when the Kardashians were on here as well, uh, has some security access, so he's trying to break through.
3: I like that Odo immediately is working on the problem without being asked to because he heard the announcement too and he says, well, I can do something about this shit.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, because Odo is awesome. And you know that's the thing about Odo. There's nothing really lame about Odo. It's kind of like, kind of like Quark. There's there's nothing really lame about them. But it's it's all also... about that, really.
3: It's about efficient storytelling. We don't need to see them ask Odo to do it. Odo can go to be doing, it, telling them he's jumping on the problem. I, mean... I
2: think there's also a subtext here of the difference in mindset between the Bajoran and Starfleet personnel.
0: I agree. Where there's Good a point.
2: whole, there is the whole process that the Starfleet people have to go through because that's what they've been trained into for their whole careers. That yeah, you wait for that instruction or that request from your next in command. But the Vajorans are just like, okay, there's a problem. Let's see who can fix it. Who can you know who here knows what to do about this? Let's get going on this. Yeah. Also,
3: good. Odo is used to acting with complete
2: autonomy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Carte blanche. Yeah.
2: So Odo immediately begins working on the
0: problem. Uh, so who comes in but Quark complaining about how these security dealers are making his customers nervous to make it stop, which is just hilarious. <laughs> and, and and another thing that's enjoyable about this episode is the Quark and Odo interaction, which, is third season, is not old, it's still fresh, it's still funny, and it's still just, just, just enjoyable to watch them interact. It never Cause gets old great... anyway, because it keeps evolving through the series.
2: Exactly, and they're both fantastic actors who just master their characters, and it's just so much fun. I was getting worried when you started saying master, where you were going with that. Yeah, and then. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so. Uh,
0: Odo's like, oh, I've got level. I've got security clearance up to six, what do you think about that? I'm trying to fix it. And Quark's
2: like, oh, that's interesting. I have up to level seven. <laughs> Unfortunately, they need level nine. Right. But I like that Quark offers to sell Odo level seven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do <laughs> what Odo
0: politely declines and then he's like all right well you can leave now and cork's like oh no 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 some crazy shit's going on this is the safest place to be i'm gonna stay right here
2: (laughs) i also like this too there's a callback to the thing that recurred a couple times in season one where uh cork would pull out his box of security chips (laughs) to you know break into station systems
0: Right, that's awesome.
2: So I mean, yeah, I mean, it's not something they just pulled out. He's had these security clearances and used them on screen before.
0: Yeah, I, I'd love that. That's, <laughs> that's, that's such a great character. But anyway, all right, so back down into the alpha plot, um, I guess. So uh, they're back in the ore refining thing, and O'Brien and Cisco and Jake are down there. They've got some egg crates they've stacked up, trying to get in some panel or something so they can get out. And Susu like, "Nope, magnets. We're fucked." We need a phaser to blast it open. If only we had an engineer with like all of his tools here.
2: <sighs> nope. If only it was season one of next generation and everybody had a type one phaser in their pocket. Yes. Yeah, including Jake.
0: <laughs> or, you know, between their boobs or whatever they want to keep them.
2: Well, it's not Troy's <laughs> fault that she didn't have any pockets. <laughs> yeah. You're a counselor. What do you need pockets for? <laughs> what are you going to keep in their feelings? What do you have? Notes on your patients? Right. What do you have? Patience.
3: Yeah.
2: What are you going to keep in your pockets? Your ice cream. <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right. So, okay. Uh, so, before we go any further, let's sure. point out here that uh, part of this lockdown of trapping them in the room is also shut off the station's transporters. They can't just beam them out.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: At this point, there's no force field
0: set up anywhere, so the doors are locked. Right. Oh, yeah, so that's something that kind of goes on through the, through the episode. It's a good point, is that, like, <laughs> the the severity of lockdown increases several times. Yeah. Uh, gets, <laughs> which actually gives a good sense of, of, of um increasing danger.
2: Well, and I like the first thing they do is <laughs> specifically shut off the transporters, because it gets around the problem Next Generation often had, where they could solve, like, a holodeck problem with the transporter if they would just think of it. No.
0: Right.
3: Uh, except... They've got a number of transporters who are not connected to the station. Oh, you mean like
0: in uh, runabouts
3: and stuff? Or the
0: Defiant. Yeah, and the Defiant.
3: Which are parked at the station because they mentioned using them later on to evacuate people.
0: Yep. Also, I mean, they also could have, if they really wanted to, they could have just said, oh, well, it's an aura finding things with like heavily… You know, magnetized and and shielded and everything else because it has been made of stronger metal and yeah, you know, the the metal they built that room out of you know doesn't and allow transport. When they so escalate they
2: to the next stage of the process, <clears> they do say that like a dampening field goes in place, which they could have used right. to hand wave that away. I would just assume at this point that the same way the refinery is locked down, the access to the ports and landing pads is probably closed off too.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. So it, the the automated message from Dakot keeps going. Oh, you know, you got two minutes to surrender. Or we'll we'll kill you all, or something like that effect. Don't make We're me do it. We're gonna put nerve it'd gas be, in. Yeah, it'd be your fault. It'd be totally your fault. Um, We're gonna vape into the Oriflame. <laughs> <laughs> no, not pineapple. You. Um, so Cisco's like, well, then okay, I guess we'll surrender. So he just goes to the console and goes, "Hey, uh, I'm the leader of the Bajoran." Uh, Rebels, uh I surrender? <laughs> and cut's like and the automated He goes, You have pressed option three
3: Please <laughs> <laughs> hold while your surrender is processed.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, that's exactly what happens. Like, yeah. So he's like so the message is like, Oh, I'm glad you've come to your senses. So stay where you are and we'll send down a security team immediately to not harm you.
2: Do you think Ducat <laughs> wrote his own dialogue tree or did he have somebody else do it for him and he just read the lines? <laughs> He didn't write anything, he just winged it. Oh, okay.
0: (laughs) He just is so smart, he knew exactly how this would go. He didn't have to do branches, it's a linear path. He knows how (laughs) this shit works. Oh, man. So, so was like, okay, well, I'll boss a few minutes, so let's uh, figure out what the hell's going on. So, Jake goes, well, I'm a teenage boy, certainly I can find an empty hole somewhere. Oh, look, an empty hole! (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, thank you.
2: You know, it's a good thing he's a twenty fourth century teenage boy, because if he was like a twenty first century teenage boy, he'd never fit up that chute. <laughs>
0: uh fatty. Um so yes. yeah, so he I got he opens up the uh the thing into like the, the main chute. He's like, Oh, that's weird, it's not locked. And O'Brien's like, Yeah, normally molten metal is going through there. There's no reason to lock that. Alright, well it's very dangerous. All right, son, get the fuck up in there. <laughs> uh okay so they kind of figure out the panel is up and around the corner so uh they they grease up jake in a very just out of place scene i have to say <laughs> okay like... so O'Brien
3: tells them up there turn to your right jake crawls up there and says there's a path to the left and the right i don't know which way to go
0: <laughs> that's all true
2: all true
4: and what the, the panel that they opened up is
3: on the <laughs> left
2: or did the camera just reverse position?
0: The camera reversed, I think. But I don't know. Alright, so Jake starts wiggling his uh his tight teenage body. Well, the, pa- the panel
4: was on the side with the egg cart- cartons, right? Yeah. That's the left.
2: Your left right, or their so- left?
0: <laughs>
2: Stage, Stage left. left. <laughs> Galactic left? <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, so the, the 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 recorded message keeps going on, going, okay, well, even though you said you surrendered, the security teams haven't put in their codes yet, so I assume the you're still... The security teams having...
2: haven't verified that they phasered you to death yet, so I think there's still a problem.
0: <laughs> yeah, so therefore, you still have, like, two minutes for I start pumping in urazine gas and kill you all. Ha <laughs> ha!
2: But it's okay, because uh. even though you're going to die, it'll probably stop other people from doing the same thing later, so yeah. be happy! <laughs>
0: Be rest assured that we'll use this as an example to others. <laughs> I just love <laughs> Cardassians so much. Oh my god! <laughs>
4: it's a, it's a, now is that Cardassians in general or just Dukat? Well, think no, about think about
2: Garrick. I mean, we've got <clears throat> two prime examples here.
3: It's such a unique form of evil you don't see in Star Trek, yeah, yeah. or anything,
0: or or anything. I w- I would say. I mean, there's such a unique care you know kind of character. I, I love don't know.
2: It. Did you watch Gargoyles?
0: Oh, I did these days. <laughs> the gaslighting, everything else. Okay, okay. You know, thanks for bringing this down. <laughs> You're bringing Christ. me down, man. <laughs> You're bringing me down, man. All right. So Jake gets crawls up there, gets to the hatch, and tries to open. It and goes, "But Daddy, I'm too weak, eh.
3: too and short."
0: And then, and then Cisco's just like, "Take a deep breath and try it again, son." And, and then and then he does it. Don't freak out. Just do it or I die. Right. You have like <laughs> 20 seconds. So, yes, the room starts filling with gas, and O'Brien just kind of hangs
2: out in it for a while. <laughs> well, it's filling from the floor first. It's fine. He's got a minute. Uh, it's not
0: exactly deadly gas, because it's clearly where they can breathe it. All right. So they get the door open. They start climbing up the egg crates. Whatever. Whoopty shit. They get out and start climbing up a tube.
2: Which I guess dirty... is wider than the tube Jake went up, since they can all fit in that one.
0: Yeah, because that would make a short episode, wouldn't
4: it? <laughs> <laughs> or at least wider than the entrance to the tube that Jake used.
0: Because uh, let's see, O'Brien's you know, little stubby leg sticking out, and then they shake a few times and then stop moving, and that's it. Roll credits. <laughs> or that he plugs it so Cisco and Jake get away. That's what would really happen. <laughs> all right. Uh so open ops, they're like they're freaking the fuck out because they you know they have an idea of what's going on, because still assumed that Cardassians are in control of ops at this point, so they get to hear all the updates of what's going on. So they got all the panels off, they're like rewiring stuff, they're switching out oscillator chips. They're running around expositioning all over the fucking place. <laughs> Techno Babbles flying from wall to wall. So- <laughs> Go ahead.
3: When Jake and the, the boys crawl out of the tube,
1: oh, the okay. system
0: immediately recognizes that they've escaped. Yes. And escalates things. hmm Yeah. So now the doors and ops slam shut. The whole station goes to red alert. Communications are turned off. And then Dukas like, attention, Bajoran workers. I will not allow this rebellion to succeed. <laughs> if you do not surrender immediately,
2: I will, destroy I will be forced to kill station. every Bajoran
0: on this station.
2: Oh, that's right. We haven't gotten to that point yet. That's level three. I will drive this station into the
3: planet faster than Troy would. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, the, so the level two, it so they seal... should be
0: walking on the outside walls.
2: Yeah. So level two, they seal all the doors, <clears throat> and then they're going to pump the poison gas into the habitat ring. Now, the entirety of the habitat. Now, ring. what
4: triggers level two again?
2: When they get out of the um, the ore oh. refinery.
3: Yeah, escape the first death trap.
2: Mm. Yeah. Yeah, presumably the sensors just detect there's nobody in the ore refinery anymore. It doesn't know exactly where they are, so it's just like, okay, that means kill everybody.
0: Yep. And apparently the Bajoran workers and their families work uh you know live in the habitat ring, so they're just gonna pump the habitat ring full of poison to kill everybody.
2: Yeah. Well, <laughs> you're forcing is, is me to the, do this, Bajorans. It is the habitat ring that would be where they live. I don't know yeah. if that makes any
0: sense or not. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if that checks out.
2: Okay, so
3: <laughs> I can I feel. like
0: he's heart looking at me.
3: <laughs> so up in ops, I love the, like, Bashir's like going. This door is closed. It's not opening. And Kira's finally kind like fuck this, and she pulls out her phaser, her Bajoran phaser. Move. To which he stands, like two feet to
0: the side. What an idiot.
3: He, he inches over as she blasts the panel, sparks, shower all over him, setting his hair on fire like <laughs> Michael Jackson.
0: Yeah. Then he uses the manual pump lever to get the door open, they turn a walk through and bug zapper.
2: Wonk. <sighs>
0: yeah. So with Jodzia being ever so helpful as she always is and goes, Oh, that force is probably to keep uh the the, the rebellion out. Thanks, Jodzia. Oh my god.
2: Well you need the we... exposition to explain to the audience why there's a force field there now. If we can gain control of the main computer, we can do something.
0: Thank you, Jazia. <laughs> <laughs> she she's the, the science officer, of. you know? I hate her so much. <laughs> I never knew I hated Jazia
3: until I started doing this podcast. The <laughs> well, thing is, though, is she's a thousand years old. She's used to dumb things down for everyone else.
0: I guess. She's just
2: being condescending. She's not being stupid. I think the, the symbiote was asleep today. <clears throat> <laughs> so, this is literally just all Jedzia and no Dex.
0: You just hear this soft snoring coming, this real <laughs> muted snoring coming from somewhere. It's like, what is that noise? Shh, Jadzia is half of her sleep. He's sleeping. asleep. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's all tucked in under my spleen. <laughs> so cute when there's these little angels. Um, all right, so it goes down to uh, the security uh, station. Uh and Odo and, and, and Quark have finally realized their their worst nightmare. They're trapped together behind a force field. But they can still see people walking around the habitat ring and the promenade like it's no big deal. But they're locked in here. They're stuck in an elevator episode. <laughs> so so Quark's like, you're a shapeshifter. Get, you know, find some way to get out of here. Oh sorry. Changeling. <laughs> oh fuck. Uh to which Odo is like, I can't the force fields go through the bulkheads through everything. I'm like, well then how are you breathing because it 'Cause it's gotta go through air vents too, right? Or Odo's the force like, field I don't breathe. Breathe. Yeah. Well I don't know, does Odo breathe? No. Oh, okay.
2: And like so so uh poor Quark is like, I'm stuck in here with you and I was like No, I'm stuck in here with you And stay away from my computer.
3: <laughs> yes. So Odo turns into Warshock.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Throws hot grease on cork. <laughs> <laughs> Going to improve his complexion. Stay away from my computer. Do which, you know, Cor just kind of raises his hands nonchalantly. Eh. All right. So back in the the next dungeon room, uh, level two of the dungeon.
2: <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. I can see it. Uh,
0: the fucking trio are trying to use a mine cart to bash open a door because you know. A roll string check. Floor, Yeah, there, you.
2: there there is a D and D element to uh the, the Cisco subplot here, isn't there?
0: Uh, yeah, yeah.
3: There so D and D S nine was another episode.
2: D and D S nine. I like that one too.
0: <laughs> Alright, so they're in here in the, uh, in a refinery, right? Full or surrounded by ore, uh which was just apparently just left there and never cleaned up. Okay, that that's real Starfleet of them. Uh, and apparently, the ore is also highly reactive and combustible, uh, but only with an electric charge.
2: Yeah, so like they describe it as being very unstable, but then say that you need a strong electric charge to set it off, which is kind of the opposite of being unstable because that's one of the characteristics of like C four, which is considered a very really? safe and stable plastic explosive. No, oh, I, explosive. I think it
4: was that. I think it was that the refined material was highly was highly uh, reactive, well, highly unstable. But the ore, since it's more diluted, isn't.
0: Yeah. So your fine, it becomes denser, more stable. <laughs> That's a great character name. I should use that. Um. All right. So they're trying to. It, so O'Brien now is like, oh, if all I had my tools, I could do something. To which I thought you had them down the room below, motherfucker. They didn't help you there.
4: Well, try to use so then Cisco excuse. just wobbles off the handle for this heavy minecart off. <laughs> Yeah, Cisco.
2: Yeah, Cisco with his bare hands rips metal <laughs> apart. Okay, hey, uh, hey, he's the emissary. Yeah. I have, I have, I have a request, and you may not go through it, but the picture
0: I have it paused right here of O'Brien with the goofiest looking look on his face, smiling like an idiot, looking at this broken handle. <laughs> he looks so happy. <laughs> Could that be the picture for the episode?
4: Probably because he's
0: got the goofiest looking smile on his face. He's like. So I don't have any tools, but I'll take this broken piece of metal, because that's as good as a hyperspanner. Okay, sure. Good fuck. So he starts trying to use it as a wedge to get open a panel near the light, because it, there's a light, so apparently the lights on DS9 run by electrical wire? Okay. Um. Alright. Well, I mean, what else are they
2: going to have going to it? Gas. Yes.
0: EPS! Electro... Electroplasma conduits—that's what i so, okay, so, so the
2: key thing in what you just said there, Scott, is electro. Electroplasma. Yeah, electro.
0: Like <laughs> Electroplasma is not electro. just
4: like
0: a. It's not a fucking you know one twenty electricity. <laughs> oh my god! I thought they used
3: green power in DS Nine, like you know, turbines, like for wind power and shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: they, yeah, they catch the solar wind and <laughs> convert you. it into electricity.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, that's what they put their sailing ships to use. Alright, so so back on Ops, they're trying to do something stupid. I don't I don't remember what they're doing. Oh, no, Gen that's Zia right. Is
3: sticking her hands inside electric
0: outlets. Yeah, that's right.
2: <laughs> no, she's sticking and... forks into electric outlets.
0: Yeah. They said it was a key cleaner. They lied. <laughs> Alright, so she hurts her hands for, for some reason. Now, this isn't really playing to the plot at all? So well, it
2: does because she can't really help anymore. Well, she wasn't helping before! Actually, it shows
3: that parts of the computer have been forced field off. Okay. So they're limited to what they can do.
0: Yeah. Well, they could have just, they didn't have to hurt her hands to do it. But whatever. So even though they have the ship's, the, the the station's doctor there with a med kit and a medical tricorder, he can't do anything but give her some, like, aspirin. So these well, medical kits don't come with a generator. Does what the hell?
4: Well, I mean, uh, at. I mean, she does essentially get a aspirin.
0: That's what I'm saying. That's all he can do is just give her, uh, yeah. give her an aspirin.
4: But I mean, the thermal. do they usually keep dermal regenerators just laying around all over the place in medkits? That, why in wouldn't medkit.
0: Yeah, why wouldn't they? That's like the most basic form of first aid. It's just something like you know mm. scrapes and bruises and stuff. I mean, so, why yeah, would...
4: I oh. yeah, that. And there is really wouldn't be a plot reason for it. them to not do it.
0: She almost said it. She almost said it was that was a good idea, Scott. She almost did it.
2: <laughs> Fortunately, she the came to The last senses.
0: episode,
2: and I almost got props from Fort Max. <laughs> well, we can't have that. I would add that out of the show if that happened. <laughs> Damn it! So close. Uh, all
0: right. So Jetsy has hurt her hands and now Ducott's back on the screen saying, Oh in five minutes we're gonna start pumping the entire station full of Neurocene gas <laughs> and kill everybody or in or into the habitat ring, I'm sorry.
4: Now here's another question. Why do they still have neurocene gas connected to the life support systems? That's
0: a good fucking question too. It's like you think when they were redoing the system, they find these big containers and canisters of like deadly poison and go, "Huh, maybe we should remove
2: those." Maybe the computer just like synthesizes it into the air supply.
3: No, it comes out the vents. I'm gonna say they probably weren't listening. You know the where
2: what ranks. else
4: comes out the vents? The oh. air
3: supply. That's a great band. No, it is not. <laughs>
0: Alright, so at this point in the episode I'm getting bored and I was like, oh, this is just it's just gonna go like this, isn't it? No, it isn't, it isn't gonna go like this. Because what happens? Garrick appears and saves everybody and it's awesome. <laughs> so Garrick's standing at the door, he goes, Oh computer, Garrick code one three five nine, Forcefield shuts off, he steps through and force field reappears. <laughs> Yes, perfect. Thank you. <laughs> so, yes, there's the picture of O'Brien with that weird, goofy looking smile.
1: <laughs>
3: I love the Garrick's entrance here. He just shows up, hello, and effortlessly walks into the scene. <laughs> it's yeah, so he,
0: Garrick. Yeah. Just hello, friends. You know, What's
2: going on? Yeah. <laughs>
4: It looks like you could use a tailor.
0: <laughs> my dudes. <laughs> Alright. So I like the way who goes and he goes, yeah, there's some shit going on and some of my codes still work. That's great. So Bashir, being the super hyper intelligent augment that he is, goes, have you have you tried using your codes to turn off the security program yet? And Garrett looks at him like, Yes, you dumb fucker. <laughs> <laughs> Why wouldn't I have? What a great idea, Bashir. Thanks for coming up with it. Uh,
2: well and then Kira chimes in It's like okay if you can open doors you need to go start evacuating people from the habitat ring because you know one Cardassian going one room at a time is going to make a lot of progress in the like two minutes we have before everybody gets gassed to death
0: yeah And he helpfully explains that like no it doesn't work that way I step through the force field and it appears again I can't make a pathway unless it stays open it's just open just for me so yeah, yeah I
3: open the door and didn't walk through it then would stay open until I walk through it right but that would take forever
2: uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, at that point you're uh, switching <laughs> from a and d campaign to, like, a platformer where you have to escort something through <laughs> uh like, Lemmings. Like, yeah, Lemmings. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, lemmings DS9 style.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> What's <now? laughs>
0: All right, so yeah, they're like, "Well, the only way to stop that gas." Evacuating
4: the Klingon restaurant, trying to
2: evacuate the Klingon chefs from their restaurant, (laughs) trying to evacuate the Klingon chefs' ingredients from the restaurant. (laughs) I got to open up all the cages and shit. (laughs) No, leaving
4: our kit. This kitchen is our battleground. Leaving it would be dishonorable.
0: Yeah, I can say like one that's just like stuffing like you know fresh gawked into his apron. Like, no, we can't leave it. It's too precious. crawling out um yeah so they're like well the only way to stop the the gas from coming out because it's tied up to the uh uh environmental controls is to destroy the environmental controls (laughs) okay well that's great so then we won't have any oxygen and we'll slowly freeze to death but it'll give us a few more minutes longer than we have now so then kira shoots
4: the thing again
0: so yeah kira pulls out a phaser and
4: and this uses the
0: i guess 80s and 90s trope if you shoot the monitor you destroy the computer yes And, and and she actually asks the uh, those two Bajoran schmucks to run out of the way, and they see her with a gun, and they know what that means. They fucking <laughs> dive out of the way. They don't wait. They know they need to get the other side of the room and like Bashir because they used to work with her. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so level two insurgency protocol has been interrupted. Now initiating counterinsurgency program level three. I <laughs> <laughs> start so breaking it, major. <laughs>
2: Oh, I love it! But is I, it do, never... I do love Garrick's practicality here because it's like, yeah, we need to extend our survival by as long as possible to try to fix the problem at its source. Like it, yes. it's, it's the right call, but it's also something that in this group only the Cardassian going to suggest.
0: Yeah, because yeah, there's a level of yeah, you're right. Cardassian practicality is unmatched. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. So, Golda Kut comes back on the screen and goes, Oh, God. Alright. So, sorry, Cardassians. The Bajorans have taken over the station, Um, so we're just gonna blow everything the fuck up. In all likelihood, I'm dead, or otherwise incapacitated. <laughs> but either way, I don't care anymore. Yeah, either way, it doesn't really matter, because I'm gonna kill every motherfucker on here. I-, I suggest you leave, but, you know, you do you. Yeah. And and this is on, like, every screen in the station, too. So everybody knows. And there's, like, mass panic. uh, All kinds of stuff. So in two hours, the station will be destroyed. Toodles. (laughs) Self-destruct sequence initiated. Bye-bye. I love the look on Kira's face. She's just kind of like... She she can't even form, like, a word. Her mouth (laughs) is just hanging open. And she just is just like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. (laughs) I just love the look at her face. Alright, so back down in the security room, uh, Quark has a phaser, okay, and is just blasting the force field with it. I like that,
2: though. To which, To which Odo has to just, give me that goddamn thing. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he wrestles himself. the phaser out of Quark's hand. <laughs> <laughs> give me yeah. that before
0: you hurt yourself. Yeah. So Odo's like, look, I just searched everything, there's no exit, everything's sealed up by by force fields okay great and then Cora goes in this thing like oh, i was to listen to my dad <laughs> and it was like why did he did, did he tell you you're gonna spend your final hours in jail <laughs> <laughs> i could have told you that uh-huh. <laughs> uh he warned me never to leave home okay all right there are plenty of business opportunities right there in Ferengar. but no he had to go and follow the 75th rule of acquisition uh, Home is where the heart is, but the stars are made of platinum. So that's wrong in several ways, but whatever. Ferengi astrophysicists are not that competent.
2: Well, you know, there's not a lot of money in that field.
0: Yeah, There's not a lot of money in hydrogen and
2: helium. <laughs> no, there's not a lot of money well, in the study of, you know, astral phenomena. Yeah.
0: So, 4 Corks starts having another crisis. He's like, man, I've been wheeling and dealing, and all I have is one crappy bar to call my own oh, and his cousin Gala owns a moon, and Odo's like, yeah, you fucking mentioned that before. <clears throat> Keeps saying the same joke over and over again. You're like Scott with the fucking, you know...
2: Or Paladin. <laughs> uh, all right. so,
1: like
4: Paladin okay. making koku going off the rail jokes. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> that sounds hilarious. Wait, that <sighs> ever got old? <laughs> that doesn't sound like you'd get old at all. All right, so Odo and Cork had this little heartwarming moment where I was like, no, nah, you're pretty devious. He's like, oh, you think so? Yeah. All right. So that's that's adorable. I kind of expected them to start making out because they knew they were going to die. And then Quark asks for the phaser, and he doesn't get it. Was that a and euphemism? Old... Uh, it is now. All right, so in Ops, the lights have gone off, and we can't see the actors anymore. Dicks. All right, so, yeah, even though they have the station's doctor and a medical kit, they can't do anything for her hands. Okay, great. Garrett can only get to one terminal at a time, so that doesn't help. All he can do is look around, but he can't change anything. Okay. It's starting to get boring again. I mean, Garrick is here, and that's nice, but it's starting to get boring again. Man, the only person that can disable all this is Golda because He's the one who wrote the program. Now, is,
4: as the shooty uh, thingy... No, uh, we're getting there.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Jadzia very helpfully goes, "Well, could you trick the computer into thinking you're a Gul'dan? I mean, all you Cardassians look the same." <laughs> god damn, Jadzia! <laughs> you can't just say shit like
2: that. Also, I she to be you... a science officer, but I don't think she studied computer science because she suggests like Garrick <laughs> just rewrite his code to be the same as Gul'dan's.
0: I know. Oh my fucking god! That's not how any of that works.
2: <laughs> Oh, you spoonies.
0: Well,
4: well, that would be nice and all, but he can't change anything.
0: Yeah, and Garrett's like, it's going to scan my DNA. I can't change my fucking DNA. And Jazzy's is like, well, what if we just turn off the sensors? Because every time we turn off something, something good happens, right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> <sighs>
0: oh, fucking God, John Zia, you suck so much.
2: Yeah, I kind of like yeah. how completely ill equipped the Starfleet personnel are to deal with this problem.
0: Yeah, because this is a level of conniving they would never have to deal with. <laughs> They've never, they would never imagine building a system that does stuff like this. Cardassians <laughs> do this to their like cribs. <laughs> well,
3: the thing is, Starfleet does imagine stuff like this, but it's for redundant backup <laughs> systems to fix things, yeah. not to make them worse. Exactly. Good point. <laughs> the so
2: secondary backup, to... fuck you, system. <laughs> <laughs>
0: If you weren't fucked enough the first time, we're gonna come back around for a second pass. See, all the "all the fuck you"
4: systems are dedicated to the holodecks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, we're just saying the wrong, asking for the wrong thing can imperil the ship. Make a villain that can beat Data. Well, there you go. You just fucked everybody. You've just created life. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah, you just created like an AI out of thin air because you asked the wrong question. You created
2: an artificial sentient existence. Congrats. Right. Real happy for you.
0: Yeah. Although not
2: the first time that
0: another sentient being has been created by accident. I mean, let's face it, half of us are here because of that. Oh! <laughs> All right. So, yeah, they're going to try to basically switch over something so uh, and turn off the sensor so it doesn't know that it's... Uh, Garrick there, so they can trick the system thinking it's Golducott, and whatever. Uh, okay, that sounds but really you dumb
2: you know, the, It seems like a good plan and all on paper, <laughs> but when they actually get into executing it, it, it turns out Golducott put in a security question.
0: Yeah, that's literally what it is. Uh-huh. That is literally what happens. Well, and then pet? just pet's name? Yeah, not just one question, but apparently every few seconds it asks a new, another personal question, and Garrick has to keep up guessing. the the answers to these questions and only he knows. And then Bashir starts laughing. What an asshole. Uh, I've always suspected that Dukat's a little paranoid.
2: You're a Cardassian! I assume he's talking, you know, relative to the baseline for a Cardassian. He'd be like Howard Hughes or something. Oh my god. (laughs)
0: Alright, so they're trying to disable the sensors and Kira's having to do stuff and Jadzia gets to sit up above and, and manage and tell people what to do, so she's happy. Uh so the computer goes, Oh, hey, that's the wrong command code. Counterinsurgency level four, motherfuckers. So out of the ops <laughs> out of the ops replicator, we usually get right to Geno. <laughs> this super-powered phaser turret appears and starts zapping the <laughs> shit out of things, including some ensign we've never seen before. And we'll and never see now, again. Yeah, who is now, who's now nothing more than a smell in the room.
2: And unfortunately, since yeah, since they uh, shut down the environmental systems, he's not going to get filtered out of the air supply for a while. <laughs>
3: okay. Um, yes. I thought replicators could not create a charged weapon. Like it, was uh, capable it didn't. Of creating. It didn't.
2: Uh, so it created the weapon itself, and then you see the energy beam being fed down into it. That's charging its capacitors.
0: Ah, okay. Also, this is a Cardassian replicator, so I'm sure they don't have the same safety protocols the Federation.
3: I thought it wasn't a do. safety
0: protocol. I thought it was something it was not physically capable of doing. Mm.
3: Although, well, if you, still, if, still,
2: if you think about it, though, it can serve <clears> like hot substances. So I mean, it has to be able to replicate with some amount of like standing energy in it
0: yeah everything would be like absolute zero it'd be like zero kelvin everything you replicated <laughs> but yeah no that makes sense but no, yeah yeah. a it's a special protocol b it's a cardassian one so i imagine that maybe they have it yeah but xp is right you get to see the beam come down out of the replicator into the pod which then starts blasting it everywhere
2: which i mean uh, i'm glad somebody in, at least the effects department thought of that <clears throat> contingency like yeah you need to show it being charged it can't just come out and start shooting immediately right right
0: all right so back in uh, level two of the dungeon uh half an hour later o'brien finally gets the fucking panel off oh my god after Cisco has has ripped off another piece of metal and you know goes and joins the effort right so they pull off a panel there's this lit up cable okay here's another thing that bothers me the cable is lit up brighter than the light it
2: powers well it has like a diffusion panel in front of it so it lights the room evenly
0: oh my god it's terrible so, anyway, yeah, so Brian's super pleased he got to bang around with a metal tool. And then they take this several yard-long
2: cable out. Yes. There's a lot of slack on that thing. <laughs> no shit.
3: <laughs> Alright, so Ops hey, is good. You'd be blo- surprised how far an audio will stretch out of the
0: human body. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so back right up on Ops, the facers is just it, going... Is
4: this more fun at work?
3: <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, a
0: there's some elasticity of these things. Well, I was going to say, yeah, it, no, no, no. I think Fort Max is a very good question. Is this work or a home-related comment?
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> All I'm going to say is that it's
0: wheat, fresh beef around here. Oh, my God. All right, so uh, there's a phaser blasting ops. And everyone's hiding in their tables and shit. They can't even poke their head out they will get zapped. And uh,
2: Kira unhelpfully left her phaser on the ops table. Right,
0: because, you know, that's what you do when she has the fan. You want to make sure you don't have your weapon with you.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. So, as this phaser's blasting ops, who should appear but a hologram of Gold Ducat? No. Well, that's what I first thought when I saw this. Oh. Gold Ducat suddenly phases into the room, and he starts like, So, somebody tried to use my security code, huh? Ha ha ha! Fuckos. <laughs> At first I thought it was like a hologram Goldacot to go I you know saying something like, Oh well you Bajorans have got into ops but I'm gonna zap you. But no, it's actually Goldacot. He got a message patrolling from the the, mil- the militarized zone sorry, I just had a stroke. Um and flew his ship here and then transports on board to make fun of everybody. <laughs> <laughs> ah so he transports
2: on board through the force fields
0: through the dampening field the force fields and everything else
2: yes because he has the access code to do that i guess so
0: so he walk around he is having the time of his life
2: especially when he catches sight of garrick
0: yeah so well he's like oh this is fucking hilarious and he's like wait a minute is that a holy shit it's garrick <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so he's, like, noticing the auto-destruct is turned on, and it's, what's really cool is he's just walking around, but the phaser blaster are just going everywhere and ops all around him and not hitting him, and he doesn't even pay attention to him, which I think is awesome. So he starts making
3: fun of them about how they re- drink Rectogenos. Like, he doesn't even, like, flinch when the beam goes past them.
0: No, it's awesome. It's like they're not even there.
2: Yeah, imagine that.
0: <laughs> I don't have to. I can see them. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So he's like, all
0: I have to do is enter my access code and shut down everything. And I could fix everything in two seconds. So when he's like, everyone's like, well, then fucking do it. He's like, no, nah, this is too much fun. <laughs> <laughs> we
3: have time. What an, what an
0: asshole. Yeah, I
3: love how like, they're all like, shut everything down. What are you wasting time for? Like, do they really think Dukat is going to respond to that?
0: Right, right. Do they but, not know him by now? Yeah. Hey, my other favorite. I love this part. Or so there's that you know the, the turret just firing you know phaser beams into yeah. the room he leans down and goes red leaf tea red leaf tea please it gets dematerialized a tea appears the firing stops everyone's still hiding like what the fuck is going on and then as soon as he takes his drink it reappears and starts shooting again that's <laughs> <laughs>
1: so fucking awesome what an asshole <laughs>
0: Uh, so she's yeah so Kira's like yelling at him like turn it off and he's like you don't get to tell me what to do oh man that's so fucking funny so he's just kind of standing there
3: uh, but that's when he starts having his uh tit-a-tat with uh Garrick yeah he sees Garrick
0: groveling in the corner so like Garrick finally just goes you know what fuck this and fuck you fuck your mother fuck your kids fuck everything about you you <laughs> fucking suck and he just goes on this rant and stands up and everyone's like, oh no! He's like, no, no, it's fine. I'm a Kardashian, It's not going to shoot me.
4: So, what? Well, clearly, what he should d- have done is walked go get the over in front of the replicator. No, he should have gone and got the phaser.
0: Yeah, it's laying right there next to him. Alright, so they start talking about uh, Dukat's dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> uh, they start trying insults. like, Garrick brings up Dukat's dad like how he got him killed. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> holy God shit, damn, Garrick! Yeah, there was no build-up to it. That was pretty much right out of the gate. <laughs> hey, DeKalb, remember your dad stood trial
0: was executed? Yeah, remember how I had a big part in that? <laughs> 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 Alright, so Descott's like, alright, Kira, uh, I'm gonna talk to you and nobody else. Uh so let's just meet in the uh in the office and then we'll talk. He's like, Oh yeah, let me let me turn off this phaser turret. It's the least <laughs> I can do. S- Silly me. So fucking and this to me, I I love this whole idea and concept how this worked out. I mean I, I-, I liked all this honestly. You're safe for the moment. He holds up his cup like he's doing an advertisement for it. <laughs> red leaf tea you're safe for the moment
2: (laughs) that's such a cardassian slogan too it
0: It is that would be their actual
2: advertising campaign on cardassia (laughs) i
3: mean it doesn't have the same ring to it as the slimiest soda in the galaxy but yeah no yeah i'd still buy
0: it out of fear for my life (laughs) as long as you're drinking red leaf tea your life may not be in imminent danger by your superiors Alright, so he sits down uh, at the desk, his old desk, looks at the baseball sitting there and flicks it off with contempt, which I think is a nice touch. Yep. We, I think it's time we reestablish a permanent Cardassian presence
2: on Terok Noor. Oh, nothing too fancy, just, you know, a whole army. Yeah, a garrison of troops.
0: <laughs> Kira Kara is already so done with this shit, she's like, look, you know, look, dude, you know we're not gonna do that. And he's like, well, you don't have much of a choice.
3: So. This one is one of those where I love Kira so much. Yeah. She leans in close and says, fuck you. I'd rather everyone die.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's yes! literally it, too, because, like, Dukat's line is really good, too. Would you let uh, like 2,000 people die just because you don't like um, us? And Kira doesn't just say anything. She just gives him that look in her eyes like, fuck, Damn yes.
3: Well, I
0: yeah, I will. And Joe, so she says, I will destroy this station before I ever get back to the Cardassians. I mean, she just straight up says it. I will kill every baby on this station to <laughs> <Yeah>. you. <laughs> yep. I love Kira. Yeah, that's the thing is, like, yeah, I kind of forget sometimes that Kira's such a badass. But then, of course being and he knows how to turn her morality against her and says oh you wouldn't do that just to get back at me oh yes she would uh-huh yeah Ki- yeah kira i don't know if Ki- that's like a do me look or a hate you look i can never tell the difference in women that's the look of try it or, right that it. is true and which actually shakes ducat a little bit because he knows her and goes well you know what you don't have to decide right now so he actually gets a little rattled right there
2: uh-huh he actually yeah, he realizes he is actually losing control of the situation, <laughs>
1: Yeah, because yes. he cannot yeah, use
2: the right. threat of death to move her. No, yeah, she's been
0: prepared to die for most of her life, especially fighting Cardi's. I'm sorry, Cardassians. Wait, don't act now. There's more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. All right, well, I'm going to go back to my ship and hang out. Uh, In a few minutes, the, ship will, the station will blow up, so just let me know in about 25 minutes. So he pulls up, hits his button on his wrist communicator, and goes, "All right, one to transport, energize," and then the episode becomes amazing. Yes, and the episode yes! becomes amazing. <laughs> yeah, this is the thing I did not expect. I did not expect this at all. At that point, I was like, "So he he tries to teleport off the station, and suddenly <laughs> all the monitors switch over to
2: another Cardassian commander." <laughs>
0: I kind of feel like I want to. I should read out what he says verbatim, but I, I don't want to do that. I guess. Well, it's basically uh,
2: Ducat, you insufferable piece of shit.
4: Yes. you're abandoning your post.
3: <laughs> Ducat has triggered another fail-safe program.
0: <laughs> yep, and this time against himself. So apparently, his superior wrote this layer of the of the program into it.
3: I think it was a different program entirely that was still hidden.
0: He just happened to trigger it at the same time. I see. Oh, yeah, because self-destruct is on, and he tried to teleport away. Yes. So, this, therefore that, then this thing runs. I see. Yeah,
4: it's part of the same sequence. It's just the... It's a different branch. Oh, now you're trying to run away.
0: Yes. Nope. (laughs) To escape is no doubt a final act of cowardice. So what you had to cut, he can't say anything because it's a recording. He's like, this is outrageous. Like he's like a white dude who didn't get enough bacon on his cheeseburger. That is outrageous, Scott. <laughs> this is an outrage. <laughs>
2: I demand to talk to your manager.
0: Oh my god. So all of his personal access codes have been rescinded.
2: All he's of the basically... access codes have been rescinded. Like no code registered would work anymore. Yep, the destruction sequence can no longer be halted. All you can do now is contemplate the depth of your disgrace <laughs> and try to die like a Cardassian. <laughs> and then, and now it's it's Dukat's turn to just stand there with his mouth hanging open. Yep, and then everyone I turns kind to of look at on his heels a little bit, like, oh, I fucked up.
0: Yeah. And everyone slowly turns to look at him, like, well... What <laughs> a fine pickle you've gotten us into. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So even though he was just told that all of his codes have been rescinded and he can't do anything, he's still arguing with the computer trying to get it to abort the self-destruct sequence, to which it goes, (laughs) no. Oh, so fucking funny. So now Dukat is in the same boat with everybody else. Oh my God, this episode. So the fusion reactor is going to
2: overload and blow
3: up the station. Yes. Which I think is like one of the few times they mentioned
2: that the station is powered by fusion. Everything's powered by fusion. It is, but they don't really mention it, though. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not something they call a lot of attention to, you're right. It's When it comes up, it's basically mentioned in passing. Right. Yeah. Uh, I know, mean, they,
4: it's they, like we don't, I mean, we don't med, med suggested in regular conversation about uh, our about our cars being powered by internal combustion engines. I don't know about you, I but
2: do. I do. Yeah, well, I drive a Challenger. Car, damn right, I do. Flying dinosaurs.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I drive a V8 RT. You damn right, I talk about it all the time. <laughs>
3: But no, but to the average casual person, they would just sort of think that oh, the warp engine's power the ship. That's yes. Where all the
2: energy comes from. Well, I right. mean, and and largely it does. Um in next generation, they have made mention a couple of times of having to tie in like the auxiliary fusion reactors, uh some mm-hmm. of which are part of the impulse drive system. Yep. So, a starship yeah is largely powered by its warp core because that creates, you know, scads and scads of energy um but sometimes they need more and they do have secondary power sources in the fusion reactor system to provide that i assume when a ship is traveling at high warp the fusion reactors are actually running and powering like most of the system since the warp core energy would have to be mostly going to the engines
0: yep i think that's pretty much right from what i remember about the uh, the tech guide yeah tech manual i have a copy Um, of that here somewhere i I love that book man i've Memorized that fucking thing forward and backward when I was younger. I need I to love take that to the book. bathroom
2: with me more often.
0: You do. It's a good bathroom book. Yeah, the, the the cover's already brown, so you're good.
2: <laughs> I need to get the DS9 technical manual. Oh, I'd love that. It's written in Cardassian. You can't read it. <laughs> reading Cardassian's got to be easier than reading Ferengi.
0: Yeah, I think I think I think hey Mickey can read Ferengi though.
3: <laughs> the Ferengi written language is like all dollar signs and pound symbols and yen <laughs> marks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, All right, so so Garrick is still making fun of Dukas, like, "Oh, see, it's your short sightedness that's fucked us over again." He keeps like kneeling him, and Garrick and Dukas, like, "All right, look, you know, I don't see you coming up with the ideas." So shut the fuck up. Yeah, Taylor. Jatia <laughs> well, says, do not we just
3: turn off the fusion
0: reactor?" That's a really good idea. Let's go to it. Oh wait. <laughs> Let's go flick the switch. Oh, wait, we can't. Uh, yeah, so basically the way, the way it blows up, it, like, takes off the safety interlocks and the thing overheats until it goes critical and blows up. Okay, all right, fine. Uh, is there any way to shut it down? Yeah, manually, but you have to get to it. Oh, well, that's right. going to be a problem.
3: Uh, yeah. So basically it comes down to, Dukat uh, to remembers that Oh, remember uh, the little force fields we set up all over the station? Uh, the ones that kill people? Yeah. Are they still there? Well, yes, but we deactivated them because we don't like to kill our prisoners.
2: <laughs> but well, they're still there. Well, some of us
3: don't, anyway. All right. They are still there. So since they were turned off, uh, apparently they're not locked out of them because the computer didn't have access to them at the time. So we hooked them back up and rigged them up in the power system to
0: cause a brownout. <laughs> Something well, like th- that. Well, I think. Well, I think the actual overall. Plan, I don't know if they go into it now, but the overall plan later. I don't. They didn't really mention it just now, but basically, yeah, they're just trying to figure out how to turn off the force fields to get down there.
2: They're just yeah. Right. They're trying to create a power surge that will basically just <clears throat> shut off some of these systems. Right,
0: right, right, right. Yeah, like the, it'll the basically actual... it'll,
2: it'll force the breakers to reset. Right, at least for the force fields. Like my house. Yeah. Well, you sneak around.
4: And so there, yeah, they turn it off burn out the a few breakers. CDs. They'll be good as long as no one
2: uh, decides to go and flip them back on. Right. And since nobody <laughs> can get anywhere in the station, that's probably not a problem. Yeah. Uh, did we get to the point yet of uh, Ducat's speech of a disciplined Cardassian mind and all that? Not yet. Okay. Not yet. But we're
0: getting there. Yeah. We're I, I there. was. I didn't want us to skip that. No, 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 no. They'll be called out. Uh, so we'll go back down to level two of the dungeon, uh, <laughs> which the trio are still fucking down there.
2: Okay, so they're they're in a locked for room. minutes. Yeah, they're in a locked room, and they literally only have pieces of metal and mm-hmm. rocks to work with. So, I mean, it's taking some outside the box thinking here. Yeah, Man, I don't slack here.
0: No, fuck that. He's a Starfleet engineer. He should be better than this. I expect more from a Starfleet engineer.
2: Look, I mean, Cisco's been a player in a D and D campaign before, but it's probably <laughs> you know his first time and O'Brien's first time actually like having to work themselves out of a situation.
0: The problem is Jake's DMing, and that's why this is so shitty. <laughs> Um, so they pull up all the, all those ore and rocks. They pull out that cable like fucking 50 feet, which is weird. I mean, where is it pulling from? Who does the cable management on Terok Nor? Ask the Cardassians. I would, but I don't don't speak Cardassian. All right. So they get behind the little thing and they, 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 there's like powdered areas like gunpowder. They ignite it. And amazingly, even though they have like dozens of these rocks pile up on the door like two explode which
2: blows a perfect hole in the door i also have a fundamental oh. problem with them okay. using the uh line of ground up uh iridium yeah and setting off the end of it with the electric charge and then that just propagating forward because i don't think that would work that way no
0: it doesn't and plus only like two of the rocks explode i mean what about the other ones that are piled up there they should have all been blown to bits right yeah Okay,
2: all right. So this part I thought was a little weird. I love how the, the door is like perfectly circular too. Yeah, there was a bit of an effects fail here.
0: So they, they crawl out into yet another room with another door next to another mine cart. And I'm thinking, they had to do this like six times to get anywhere. <laughs> well, and they could all have, right.
2: you know, we, we kind of cut away from them for a while.
0: Yeah, all right. So, yeah, we cut away from them, back up to Ops, where Dakot is bloviating about something. Says, we will find a way to defeat this problem. There's no dilemma that cannot be solved by a disciplined Cardassian mind to which even Garrick is just like, oh, God, make him stop talking. (laughs) (laughs) It's not going to work, you idiot. (laughs) What's not going to (laughs) work? I'm talking about Kira. What about her? Right now, Kira's talking in third person.
2: We're all (laughs) fucked now. Wouldn't that be the second person? Yeah, I love that this is such
0: a weird scene because, like, she is much too busy trying to save the station to be impressed with your
2: incessant posturing. And honestly, <laughs> Dekat, what, you should be what, ashamed. You're a married man. To which is just like, excuse me? <laughs> a what? Yeah, look, there's, like, equal parts of him feigning being aghast at the accusation and also being just, like, mortified at being called out on it. Yeah, right, right.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. He's basically saying, that, "Like you're trying to impress Kira, and she doesn't want anything to do with you. Plus, you're married anyway." Of course, Kira is about to vomit in her <laughs> suit.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> He's like, "I should have executed you years ago." And Garrick's like, "Yeah, you tried, remember?" <laughs> 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 oh my god, Garrick's the best. All right, so John Zia is like, "Well, why you monkeys have been, you know, throwing poo at each other? Have been trying to come up with a solution." So yeah, this is the part where they come out with the power surge to start turning off the force fields, and then eliminate the dampening field, because uh, the dampening field is preventing the use of the communicators too. So yeah. All right, the neutralization emitters, uh, which <laughs> I think they hilarious. They still have neutralization emitters in the consoles all around the station, so they can just you know kill people where they want. Uh, I think
2: he was referring to the the control system for them.
0: Yeah. So they never removed it; they just turned it off. Okay, great. So Ducot's like, great, we can use that. Okay. Good. All right. So they they techno babble a little bit about overloading the power grid. Okay, got it. Fine. Good. And that will turn off the force field, so they can move around.
2: But it will also blow out like six other secondary systems. Yeah. Turbo
0: lifts and transporters, which they don't have anyway. So okay, let's fucking do it. DeCoc looks so pleased. He looks like a <laughs> lizard that just ate a fly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... somebody's listening to me. <laughs> All right, so the trio's in dungeon level yeah, three now. Lifted transporters, except of
4: course for the ones on the runabouts and defiant. Right.
2: Well, you know.
0: All right, so the trio uh, O'Brien, Cisco, and Jake are running around dungeon level three, and they keep running into dead ends because of force fields. It's like well, we didn't even make it that far. So we got up, in that, and at least they're in a carpeted area now, so they're no longer in like the dungeons. <laughs> All right, so they found a turbolift shaft that will take them all the way up to ops, then get the doors open and physically crawl up there. Well, good luck with that.
2: Yeah, climbing up uh, 29 levels or so. Yeah,
0: holy shit, from the bowels of the system, of the, of the station. All right, so Gold Cut is in there switching out linear chips, which looks really cool, by the way. That gold color of the Cardassian technology is neat looking. All right, so they're going to start overloading systems and start nuking shit, so everyone you know, gets in uh, crash positions. And everything starts sparking and shaking and glowing and blowing the fuck up.
2: Pew, pew, pew. Sparks. And then just to prove it worked, all the doors open.
0: Yeah, machinery's powering down. Kira's like, wow, that was better than my last orgasm. (laughs) Alright, so... Yep. So the doors start opening up and down. So now they can communicate. So Cisco's like, "What's going on?" And then we get about ten minutes until the reactor core blows up and destroys the station. And Cisco's like, "What the fuck have you been doing to my station in the meantime?"
4: <laughs> so you have two it?
0: options.
4: We can We have two options. We can either use the Defiant, have the people who are already on the Defiant be someone there directly, or have you three slowly walk over.
0: You know what? I'm gonna have it where these three are gonna slowly walk over. I think that's probably the best course of action here. Yeah. And so Cisco sends Jake to go to Runabout Pad C to like get away. Jake's like, "No, I'm taller than you are. You don't tell me what to do anymore." <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, and Jake's right anyway. He is taller than Cisco. No, but um, with the with the turbo lifts down, he never would get there. Yeah,
0: exactly. It's like it'd be pointless. I might as well stay and help. Which is, yeah, that's a good point. All right, so back in the security office, um, Odo and, and Quark are enjoying a, a post-coitus glow. No, no, no. Uh, they're listening to the computer say how they're all going to die in, in seven minutes. So now they're back in communications, though, which is wonderful. So Odo is beginning evacuation pro- – or no, Kira says they're going to do evacuation uh, procedures. and what's Odo to help? Odo's like, that's great. Our force fields are still on because we're on a separate power <laughs> system. Fuck! So basically these two characters sit here and have nothing to do. They can't do anything to help. So they're just stuck in here. To which, you know, greatly annoys Clark.
2: Yeah, he, he starts, yeah. like, you know, praising Odo's integrity because, like, the security office was probably sealed off because the Cardassians didn't trust that Odo wouldn't join a rebellion. Right. <laughs> uh, if given half a chance. And then it's like, and now your integrity is going to get us killed. Thanks. Yeah, yeah.
0: Thanks for being an honorable man, you douche. <laughs> you smooth faced motherfucker. <laughs> you <laughs> you come well, back and clearly,
4: in whoever, uh, you know, I think they would have had it like that. No matter who was the security off, op- who was uh, the security officer, or constable. Because guess what. If the the rebellion got this, got to the point where uh level four uh,
0: counterinsurgency. System,
4: counterinsurgency systems were in check, clearly the constable failed at his job.
0: Yeah, no shit.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. So yeah, I
3: think uh actually the extra security systems there weren't just for this scenario, but if they ever need to trap Odo in general. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah, if he kept sh- shaping his arms into genitals and wouldn't stop him, though they asked him to politely. <laughs> All right. So now this is interesting. So this is kind of where things kind of. I, I kind of like this kind of plot thing. They kind of they switch out. Um, they kind of do a little switcheroo here at this point. So back down in dungeon level three, uh, the trio find like a, a compartment, pull out some hand flashlights. Uh, and they're listening to the computer to tell them the fusion reactor will overload in five minutes. So finally, finally, the fucking chief engineer finally hashley is, is useful now. Cisco's like, hey, did you ever finish the upgrades in the deflector shields? He's like, yeah, why? Uh, he says, we might not have time to disengage the fusion reactor. Uh, it might explode, but we'll direct it toward the shields. And O'Brien's like, well, yeah, it's the only thing to absorb that much energy. Holy shit, they're going to let the, the reactor blow and then just absorb the energy with the shields. The I, what they
4: need to absorb the energy with the shields, just let all that energy go out off into space.
0: Yeah, no, they can't no, it won't go into space. It'll blow up the station. They have to redirect it. Okay, they redirect it out to the shields.
2: Yeah. Or run it through the phasers.
3: Why's well, that why does it have to hit shields at all? Why can't it fire it off into space? I, I think they're I just don't...
2: explaining the concept badly. I think it's more like they are going to redirect the overload energy into the shield emitters and just let that go that way.
0: mm Not to the shield emitters. Actually, the shields are absorbing the energy,
2: not all right Right, again, like I said, I think they're explaining the concept badly. Oh, all right. Because uh, the effect they end up showing when this actually happens is the energy arcing out from the shield emitters. Yeah, which is a little weird. I I don't know if that was like a special effects goof or what, but well, yeah. That's... I think it was a dialogue goof. I think, you know, they mm-hmm. had the idea, we're going to channel the energy into the shield, and well, at some point between the planning and actually the writing of the script, they kind of screwed up how they phrased it.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, when the scene comes up, we'll kind of look at it, because I have thoughts. All right, so they find a corridor that leads them to the fusion reactor. It's blocked off, but there's a kind of a little Jeffrey's tube there. So they move some debris, and, of course, there's a giant fucking plasma fire in there. <laughs> so they're like, well, fuck. Now what are we are going to do? So they start ripping off their sleeves and covering up their hands and so they can crawl in the grating through this plasma fire. Oh, my uh, God. I really appreciate the green fire effect here. Yeah. I do, too. It's pretty rad. Yeah, pretty freaking rad.
3: And so then they Jay- slowly crawl
0: through it. Yeah, I like the point. It's like, okay, the two of us are going to go in. So what happens? No matter what, if one of us gets stopped, The other one keeps going. That's what we do.
4: And hopefully it will be the person
0: in the back who gets stopped. Right. (laughs) Nobody likes crawling over their boss's unconscious body. Well, I mean, that one time was okay, but whatever. Um, All right. So they put on little, little, little mittens and they start crawling the way through. And uh, little thin mittens. Yes. (laughs) Well, Starfleet uniform material. So who knows?
3: Well, it must be tough because you see how much effort it took to them to
0: rip their sleeves off. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, they're still using the same uh, uniform technology for that one TAS episode where they mention that their uniforms are made out of algae. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Cisco's crawling through. He makes it through just fine. O'Brien gets blown the fuck up. <laughs> and Cisco looks. goes, should I save him?
2: No. No. Nah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So I was like, well, that's interesting. They didn't he didn't do the stupid hero trope of risking the entire station for one person. He actually followed through with the plan and kept going. So I kinda appreciated that. So Brian wakes up enough, looks around, and goes, You know what? Fuck it. And he lays back down again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I potato. I haven't had a drink in like six hours. I'm done.
2: Yeah, All that's right, just, one baked potato. Oh my God. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> All right, so Cisco
0: jumps out and starts pulling out those linear chips, trying to turn, uh, trying to turn off the fusion reactor.
2: Turning, pulling them out, putting them back, right back in.
0: Yeah, we get you turn them slightly. That's how they work in uh, Kardashian. So if you now. look
2: what he's doing, he's pulling them out and holding up so he can see what chip it is. So like he keeps pulling them out to find the one he wants. And he puts them back when it's not it, and then when he finds the right one, that's what he either moves to another location or keeps out while he's reprogramming it. Yeah, right. so you look will put the keys in the
3: computer and slide it back in.
0: Right. Although a couple of times he pulls out more than one at a time and looks at him, I think he puts them back in the wrong order because <laughs> he's in such a hurry. And like, oh, that would suck.
2: Uh, I'm sure it's fine.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's a black hole instead.
2: <laughs> yeah, he puts the fusion reactor in reverse. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> because a <of> fission reactor. <laughs> he
3: just turned the AA batteries around backwards. Oh, God.
0: (laughs) Alright, so uh, Jake somehow, weighing 80 pounds, pulls a fat Irishman out of a tube. Dragging a sack of potatoes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, If I got high this morning, I'd be a twice-baked potato.
3: I love that while O'Brien is unconscious, he's still pushing himself forward with his leg. (laughs) Yes!
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, because Jake, there's no way Jake could actually pull him. So, okay, so now here's the scene where, yes, these are the shield emitters. So we go to an outside shot of the station. Yeah. We get a nice special effects scene. Yes, those are absolutely the shield emitters. They start sparking and glowing and start pumping out just these tons of electrical yellow energy.
2: Yeah, so they that, start arching
0: out. Yeah, but you notice that they hit the shields, so the shields absorb the energy. See, they're hitting like the, the empty spaces between the pylons, and not hitting the pylons and blowing the station up. They're hitting the shields instead and getting absorbed.
2: Well, and they so wouldn't, they just... it wouldn't have been if they hit the pylons and destroyed the station. It's just the reactor inside would have exploded and destroyed the station. Right, so
0: they let the overload of the power out through the shield emitters into the shields? Uh, okay. That, yeah, the only know, thing something... I
2: can think is the intent of the effect sequence is what would normally not be a visible energy transfer is so intense that you can actually see the arcing energy from the emitter to the shield plane as actually forming the shield as it gets out to the shield perimeter. That's the only way I can rationalize that.
3: It makes more sense if the dialogue should have said that they're not going to let the the reactor explode, but they're just going to take the excess energy and amp up the shields with
0: it. Right, right, right. Yeah, and I think
2: that's what they were trying to get at with what they were saying. I think there was just some screw-up along the way in actually expressing it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I have to admit that that does make more sense. I just – I like it less for some reason. I like the idea of them pumping the, the energy into the shields, which reabsorbs the energy. But, but yeah, it makes more sense the way it's shown and described. So, yeah, See, it doesn't make right. any
3: sense if the director is going critical, and they have to, go to <laughs> expel the energy in a certain direction. Why would the shields need to re re reabsorb it? Why can't they just fire the excess energy off into empty space and away from the station? It's an layer of complication that's unnecessary. And if yeah.
2: if the if it was if Deep space nine was a starship with a deflector dish, they could output yes. all the energy through the deflector dish into open space, but the station does not have anything like that. That's why O'Brien says right. that's the only thing on the station that can actually channel that much energy at one time.
0: Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I, I yes. Yeah, it it's still the sounds weird. Do
3: need but... a deflector dish to protect it from like micro particles and shit?
0: No, oh, that's what regular it. shields are for. I mean, they polarize the hull. They have normal shields. They don't need a deflector dish. Okay. And I mean,
2: yeah. normally it would just be in orbital space anyway, where you kind of know, right. <laughs> you kind of know, like there's this much debris. The station's built to withstand the impact of that much debris at an orbital speed. <laughs> um, yeah, it's made out of
0: like geranium. It's not like you know particle's gonna hurt it anyway
2: you know a ship needs a deflector dish because it's flying at either a healthy percentage of the speed of light when it's at impulse like 25 30 percent of the speed of light yep. um or it's going at warp speed and you know whatever doesn't bend around it from the warp field is going to be like uh a, you know tiny nuclear missile hitting it
0: <laughs> yes <laughs> exactly
2: all right so cisco looks at the pixie
0: sticks he's been pulling out and all right um, did it Congratulations. All right. So in the security, uh, now all the doors open. Now suddenly everything is fixed. So I guess because now that the, 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 the fusion core has gone critical, the station should be destroyed. So everything just kind of resets because there's this end of the program. There's nothing that else that can happen. So yeah, I mean, they're, they're kind
2: of vague on that point, but I guess, I guess, yeah, the idea is <laughs> the programs run its course. So nothing else to do now.
0: Yeah. So we come back up to the security office Uh, To which the door is open, and and a nanosecond later, Odo's already like, okay, get the fuck out.
2: (laughs) You can leave now, Quark. So, Two fucking hours of this.
0: Quark has been spending his time in Odo's chair uh, in in good use, so he looked up his own personal account that Odo has made uh, for him and says, A self-important con artist... Who's nowhere near as clever as he thinks. Motherfucker!
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's your official security evaluation of me. Cork, I was trying to be nice. We were about to die. <laughs> yeah. I only gave you that handy because I thought
0: we were going to die. <laughs> <laughs> alright, so they just walk out in the station. Everyone's just laughing and joking and walking around like it's a normal day. Oh, okay. I mean, alright. That's life Wait. in the Alpha Quadrant. <laughs> Wah wah. <laughs> Alright, so the end Odo's walking around just insulting Quark somewhere going, Yeah, everyone I know, every Fringiano is smarter than you are.
2: Including your God brother. Damn it.
0: Yeah, including your brother.
2: And, and your cousin one. with the moon. And well of course him. He had the good sense to be a weapons dealer and buy himself a moon.
3: <laughs>
2: he can actually retire someday.
0: Not like us. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think Kira's got a lot of uh retirement plans either. <laughs> Being a rebel fighter who expects to die at any given moment. Alright, well there we go. That was Our uh retirement was
4: plan is taking the enemy with her. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. So we're gonna retire to wherever I'm dragging my
2: enemies. I mean Kira's an old soldier, like anytime she plans for retirement, she's just signaling her own death. <laughs> yes.
0: No party, please. <laughs> I don't want to take out everybody else with me.
2: The starship live forever. Yes. All
0: right. So that was it. The uh, penultimate episode of Toast.
2: Kind of an episode of Deep Space Nine.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, a, and a fun one. It yeah. was a fun one. A little weird in places, but all in all, yeah, kind of. And it was a neat concept. I think they did it pretty well. It was entertaining. It was fun get Gold to get Goldicott in there for some reason, which was awesome.
2: It's never not a good time to have Goldicott. Oh, yeah. Especially when Garrick is around the same week. We never got Goldicott in a holodeck, did we?
3: That's a shame.
2: No, I don't think we did.
3: Like, imagine Goldicott versus Moriarty. I feel
0: I feel sorry for Moriarty.
4: <laughs> Just having to deal with all that smug. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> That's what the environmental systems have to be cranked out into cots in the room to, to, to remove all the smug so we can breathe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, right. So yeah, good episode.
2: Fun. Yeah. So to our audience, if you're looking for uh, you know the high note to end the podcast on, this would be it, because our next episode, uh, the week after Christmas, will be Star Trek Voyager. More specifically, that one episode. Yes. That
4: one episode of Voyager. Yes, Fort yep.
2: Max. That one episode of Voyager. <laughs> the very thing that this podcast was named in honor of. It yeah. will be Voyager Season 2, the episode Threshold.
0: You yeah, know. Remember that one, ep- that one episode of Star Trek where they went Warp 10? <laughs> remember how fucking stupid that was? We should talk about that. But we should do 99 other episodes first. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, think about it. We've run from Planet Africa as our first episode to that one episode of Voyager. That that's our whole spectrum right there. Yeah, from brown to a deeper shade of brown. <laughs> but think that's of what racist. else we've accomplished in that time. We've we have uh, discussed every episode of Star Trek the animated series. Yeah. Um I'm gonna say we're the only podcast to ever do that. It's quite possible. I don't really like investigate other Star Trek podcasts. I don't or care if not. I'm just gonna say that. Oh yeah, enough. yeah.
0: I'm gonna put it on my resume. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you look fact checking it, bitch. I don't think we've really accomplished anything other than that, but that's that's notable. We uh, sat through the motion picture.
0: Oh my god. <sighs> yeah, we never did many movies, did we? God, we should have done more movies
2: the problem is most of the movies are too good so let's see we, we did that and we did we do they're too bad did we do star trek <laughs> 5 or did we try to do that and then we weren't able we to we did do star trek 5 okay. um, it was insurrection we tried to do okay yeah,
3: yeah. Also, we had uh, brick
2: with us that's right because we had him on again after that and i couldn't remember we had him before i blame can't star, can't trek star trek 5
3: star trek 5 is so great that the one with Cyborg? Yeah, yeah. Oh, where uh, Kirk faces down the bird of prey by himself. Oh my God! Yes.
2: After uh, you know phasering God in the face.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. After that, it's kind of a downhill slide from that. I mean, you know, and he throws the cat into the pool table, and
2: it has
4: a horrid, alluring fan dance.
2: Yeah, and you know, Kirk free climbing a mountain because he's totally physically capable of doing that. Because it's there. Kurt free climbing a mountain and then Spock just flying up to troll him the whole time. Yeah, I can relate. There's so much good in that movie in all the wrong places. There's a lot of pain, too, but Kurt needs his pain. <laughs> Apparently, we did, too. Yeah. This podcast is a pain even Cyborg can't take away. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, because unfortunately, you can't actually ever delete anything off the internet fully. Yeah. What else Somebody. What we covered, Andy Dick. Oh yeah. You. It didn't take nearly as much cloth as one would imagine.
3: Uh, let's see, we had Lord Taco on drunk.
2: Oh, so drunk.
4: So we had Lord Taco. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, what else did we do? Well, one thing we didn't do is a Godzilla episode. That's true, we did not. That's an achievement. What's a Godzilla episode? Something that we don't really talk about. <laughs> Except for now, when you're talking about it. <laughs> Imagine, Scott, if we did
3: an episode of Toast, um, about, say, an episode of Blake 7. Okay. Only, you had never seen it either. And we tried to have a conversation
2: about Blake 7 having never watched it before. Well, I don't think that's entirely fair because I think all of us have seen at least a Godzilla movie before. Yeah. But to try and
3: podcast about the subject for an hour and a half is basically impossible.
2: Correct.
4: And it was.
3: Yeah. Especially if we
4: haven't seen any of them in years.
3: Yeah. It was a very, very bad decision.
2: Yes, it was. Part of the, uh, uh, part of, part of, uh, Superhero Time year one.
0: Growing Pains.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that would be the subtitle for that year.
0: So you guys ever do a, a toast of Growing Pains? Is that what I'm hearing?
2: No, but we, we should have.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah, I want to hear your thoughts on Kirk Cameron.
3: <laughs> Sucks. <laughs>
0: all so uh yeah merry holidays uh for next week
2: mm-hmm.
0: and then i uh, will start the new year by ending something which sounds like a great idea
2: <laughs> yes i so, foresee 2018 as a year of endings oh my god <laughs> jesus christ
0: <laughs> <laughs> do do we need to call somebody do we need to
2: have, send someone over to your house <laughs> oh no one can Are save us okay? now scott
4: Do you want us to send Ender?
2: No. What are you trying to do? Make it worse? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I'm going to commit suicide. I don't want to put up
0: with that bullshit. I don't want to do anything sad or depressing. Not that sad. Yeah, this is supposed to be a joyous occasion.
3: He's not going to commit suicide. He's going to commit genocide. Oh.
4: And genocide?
3: It's one of the two solutions to the last problems. Yeah. (laughs) Kill yourself or kill everybody else. Yep.
2: It really comes down to, like, personal philosophy, and I have always been a believer in the idea that everybody else is the problem. (laughs) (laughs) It's not me, it's the children that are wrong.